We're going to continue with the, uh, with the story of the Chacham and the Tam. We're in the middle of still the part of the story where we're talking about the Chacham. Maybe we'll finish it, to, finish it tonight. I'm not sure. Probably not. But then uh, at a certain point in a short amount of time, Nachman goes back to discussing the Tam and what was taking place with the Tam all this time. We're going to speak about over the next few lines many, many years of the Chacham's life in a short amount of time. There's no real major changes in his life except that he's moving from place to place, switching careers, constantly running after the elusive greatness that he's looking for that he's never going to ever get to because Mishi Yeshli, Mona writes him asylum as much as he has. He's always going to see something better and greater and shinier and therefore he's going to want it more. Therefore, he's never really going to get there, but he's going to spend the next you know, few lines over you know, many, many years. Shanam Rabbis, Kamashanim, and he's going to spend those times running after things. And then once we finish discussing exactly where that took him, then we'll go back, we'll backtrack, go back to the Tam, discuss exactly what the simple shoemaker, how he was living his life over these years, what exactly was taking place in his life. And then obviously we're going to go back to what's going to take place to both of them. And then where they're going to meet together, where the Chacham's going to come back home to the village again, and we'll see why he comes back home, but he's gonna travel back home. He's gonna come back to the village, we'll even stay in the Tom's house, and we'll see the interactions that they have is gonna be very, very telling because they grew up, like we said at the beginning of the story, as close friends. They grew up with a similar set of circumstances. Their paths then took them to very, very different places. And then they're gonna come back many, many years later, like by this high school reunion, you know, 30 year high school reunion, they're gonna come back, and then they're gonna each, each have all the knowledge and all the life experience that they both gained over the past 30, 40 years, and then they're gonna be able to try to talk to each other, and each one of them is gonna try to explain their point. The Chacham is gonna explain why the Tom is an idiot, and the Tom is gonna explain to the Chacham why you're an idiot. And they're both gonna sit there trying to explain to the other one how their way of life is not the real way, and you're not really happy, and you're not really successful, and we'll see, obviously that's gonna be part of the story, and then we'll get to the next law of the story with the king, and it's, it's only gonna get more exciting and more, uh, more uh, um, interesting, I guess I would say, uh, as, we, as we go along. So far we're just discussing the Chacham and the Chacham's journey away from the village and to Warsaw, that's what we discussed the first time and we, we were up to last week, we began discussing last week, last week is that he was in Warsaw and he was in Warsaw and he took a job working for these people that were making clothing, these people that were making custom clothing. The only problem is he did not enjoy the job that he had because in order to do that job, you need to work your way up the ladder. You need to start at the bottom and you need to start schlepping material from place to place. You know, the 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 cotton and the wool and schlep all these materials from place to place because that's the reality of any job, any career, especially if you're starting in the, at the beginning of a career, you have to start all the way in the bottom. And therefore he didn't appreciate it, he didn't value it. He said, what do I need this for? What do I need to sit here and settle down and work my way through life to be able to work my way through this career, to be able to become successful, to be able to have enough money to take care of my family? He says, I don't want any of that. I'd rather go around, I'd rather see the world. I wanna be involved in that world of to be like a spy looking around at every, every other place, not for the sake of being able to see the beauty of Hashem's creation, but for the sake of being able to search and to look and to wanna to see what else the world has to offer, what else is on the menu. I can sit right here, this restaurant's good and he has no problem with the restaurant he's in, but I need to see every other menu of every other restaurant just because I need to know that maybe there's something out there that's better than, it, than I have. And therefore, that's what he's doing. He drops the job that he has working for these people making clothing and he says, I want to move on and I want to go find another job. Now, let's see, let's see uh, what he does. And again, what he does is, is similar to what he did last time. He drops his job before he finds a new one. Right? So if you remember that when he first came to Warsaw, he was wa- working for the people that brought him from the village to Warsaw. And he was working for those people. He saw the people that had nice hats, nice shoes, expensive clothing. And he was enthralled by their you know, level of stature, their, their clothing that they had. And therefore, he ran after them. And he left his old bosses 
before he finds a new job, before he's even able to ensure that he can get a job in the factory, get a job in this you know, custom suit factory, he already leaves his, old, leaves his old bosses and he does the same thing over here. He says, I, I, I want to go around, like we said last time, comes I want to go around wander, but I also want to wander in a way of stupidity, in a way where I'm just, I'm running, I'm searching, I'm chasing, I'm running after something that I'm never going to find. I want to just be in a lot of Medinas. I want to be able to satiate my eyes in the world, to make able to have that my eyes are able to see as much as I'm able to see and therefore I want to travel as much as possible to be able to be lasbia anybody Nachman has a beautiful term in Sikh Saran Nachman explains that the same way you find that wealthy people like to boast about all the countries that they've been to and they say listen you know I've been to Alaska and I've been to Hungary and I've been to you know the, the, the Iceland I've been to many many different countries and they'll have maybe magnets on the fridge they'll have postcards they'll have a shakalized collection they like to boast about the very the, the various places that they've been to and the places that they visited. Now, none of those places do they actually live in. They're places that they went on vacation. They went there a short amount of time, long amount of time, but they live in one place, then they go on vacation to various places. And Nachman says, he has nothing really to do with her story. It's just this, this idea of Lias Medina Nachman says is what wealthy people like to do. And over there, he doesn't seem to be saying it as a negative thing. He seems to be saying it as a reality, but we see in our story that it, it is, there is a lot of negativity to this to this constant, constant running. Even a person goes on vacation, obviously he's talking about moving from place to place, even, even the concept of going on vacation. Obviously, there's something beautiful about exploring, about seeing other places, about understanding other cultures, but it's much more about It's much more about the ability to be able to show off to others how many places I've been to. Be able to put another pin in the map to be able to say I've been to another country. I've been to another place. I can boast about all the various places that I've been to. Nachman says the same way Ashiram do it. The same way wealthy people do it when it comes to their travels. Nachman says that people need to do that as well when it comes to Torah, which means you have to have the one place in Torah that you live. That could be Gemara, could be Halacha, could be Chesidus. You have to have the one place that that's that, that's your home. You're able to build a home based on that Indian. That Indian in Halacha could be a certain area of Halacha, be a certain year of Gemara, could be a certain year of Musra, Shkafa, something that that's your home base, that's a place that you live. But Rahman said, the same way wealthy people like to boast about all the countries they've been to, even if they stop in for a short amount of time, a Yid should do that in the way of Kedusha, and a Yid should be able to boast about all the various farms that they've seen. So yeah, maybe Arachayim is not your safer. Maybe you're not involved in Arachayim in a regular, you don't learn it every Shabbos. There are people that learn, that Yid recently learns every, every Arachayim on the Parsha every single week. He doesn't miss a week. Learns every Arachayim in the parasha. That's his thing. Arachayim is his pirush, his pirush in Torah. I don't know if it's only like that this year. It's like this always. That's his pirush in Torah. You don't like that. That's their thing. But even if it's not your thing, Nachman says it's worthwhile to become to become proficient, to become knowledgeable in all the various areas of life, various areas of Torah. So you can say, yeah, maybe Rav Hirsch is not my, not my uh, I don't sit and learn Rav Hirsch, but I should know a little bit about what, what the Hashkaf of Rav Hirsch is. Be able to say, yeah, I've learned some pieces from Rav Hirsch. I've learned some pieces in Menches Chenech, and I've learned some pieces in the Chuvis Menches Yitzchak, and I've learned some pieces in Mesil Shisharma, I've learned some pieces from Rav Nachman, some pieces from the Sosemes, and from Chabad, and from the Bali Musr. To be able to have that, 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 that variety of places that you visited. Again, they're not the place you're gonna live. The place you live is the place that you were you find yourself that that's the neshama, that's the chilek that you're in neshama, the same chalkein of that's your place. But Nachman says travel also. Also get around a little bit. Make sure that you're able to hear other people. Don't just be stuck in the house that you're in. It's worthwhile going on vacation every once in a while. This is what a lot of tzaddikim do. You're saying, you're saying both sides? You're saying have one place, your home, your main connection, but no everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but which means, not know, which means I'm not going to know everything about everything. It's impossible. I can't be the jack of all trades, a master of none. I have to be a master of one trade. That this is my thing. Don't, don't, be, don't be limited by that. Don't say that I'm only thing I'm going to learn. This is my, 
Look around a little bit. Be, be, be open-minded. Be able to hear a shir. You're going into a shul anyways. And the Rav is giving a shir on something that is totally not your sugya. Listen in. Maybe, maybe they'll pick up something. Maybe they'll pick up a new nakuda that you never heard before. You don't learn a tzaddik. Maybe, maybe open up a piece of tzaddik and learn a little bit. Try to, try to be able to be somebody who's able to travel around. Somebody who's able to be like these wealthy people. Like again, the Chacham doing in a way which is not, not good. And you could have wealthy people doing it in a way which is, is, which is good. But Rav Nachman says that the same way you can travel physically just to be able to talk about the places that you've been, you should have some sort of basic knowledge in all areas of Halacha, all areas of Gemara, Kabbalah, Yushalmi, Mishnayis, Sifra, Sifri. Get, get yourself acquainted with various, various areas, areas of Torah. Again, not really connected mamash to this Indian, but that's how Nachman says also about this concept of That's what the Chacham wanted to do, to travel around in order to be able to satiate his eyes. Again, he's not, he's just, it's all about his eyes. It's all about what he can see. He wants to satiate his eyes. That's what I'm Right, he sees these wealthy people, these wealthy merchants, they're traveling in a large wagon. Now again, anything big, is always going to catch his attention. He sees a big wagon, and he asks him, right? So again, like we pointed out last week, he doesn't ask him, where are you from? All he asks is, where are you going? They say, no, it's not clear exactly, in the Mepharshim, exactly what this place is. It's definitely the name of a city. It's not clear. Some say it's in a place in, in Switzerland, somewhere over there in the, in the mountains of Switzerland. It's a village over there, a village over there. Not clear exactly, exactly where it is, but some sort of village that he was going to. Fine. He says, okay, you're going somewhere which is more exciting than where I am. Right now, I'm in Warsaw, but Warsaw is not exciting anymore. I've already seen everything Warsaw has to offer. I want something bigger and more exciting, something more grand. Could you take me to this place of Lalagarno? They said, yeah, we'll take you. And they take him for Kibloi Selasham, they take him for free, right? So they don't even charge him. The first time around, he had to pay his way by working for them on the wagon now. They give him a free ride. He can come along. Pashtas, because of, the, because of the stature that he has, he's already grown to become somebody who's wealthy, somebody who's wearing nice clothing already. That was what he was running after, the wearing of the nice clothing. And therefore, they respect him. They see him as a, you know, a person. They're willing to take him. They're willing to take him. The Mepharshim also point out that it's very easy to say, for him to say, listen, I asked them to take me somewhere. And they offered, to, they said, they'll take me for free. That's clearly a sign that the Rabbanisham wants me to go from point A to point B. If I ask the guy, guy, where are you going to? And, he just, and, I, and he's going mamash to you know, very, very far distance to say, can you take me? And I don't offer him any money. I don't offer him to do anything for him. And he offers to take me for free. That's probably the greatest sign that the Rabbanisham is happy with where I'm going. And the Chacham has the ability in a way which is incorrect, to be able to say, if this is the path that, you know, Hashem's allowing me to go on, Hashem's taking me on, this must be siyata deshmaya, and it must be that this is the proper place that I'm supposed to go to. But the Mepharshim say, Avada, that's not true. He wants to go there, he's looking for it. He's going to the shuk, he's looking for it. If you want to go there, the Mepharshim will allow you to go there. But of course, a person can live their life saying, oh, if this is working out, that must be Ratzan Hashem, that must be something that obviously that Rabban Hashem wanted, and therefore that's why I got this free ride. It must be that Hashem wants me to head to the other side of the world. It's not true. Don't, don't take everything that happens to you as a direct sign from Shemayim that Rabban Hashem is sending you a signal that obviously this is the place that you're supposed to be traveling because you happen to have met somebody traveling to that place. Take everything with a grain of salt, and more, more importantly, take, you look at everything with a logical perspective as opposed to an emotional perspective. Very often what we do is, and this is what the Chacham does, even though he's a Chacham, and the Chacham really should be somebody who's utilizing his logic more than emotion, what he ends up doing, he uses the emotion and then allows the emotion to overtake the brain. Right? The emotion kidnaps the, kidnaps the logic and therefore he has emotion. And the emotions are getting him caught up in the things that he sees and then it convinces the logic 
to follow the emotion. That's the worst thing that happens, what the Baltani talks about. The Baltani talks about in the Nefesh of Bahamas, when the animalistic soul, the part of a person that's Nefesh of Bahamas, begins in the lave, in the left part of the heart, and it goes up to the brain to overtake the brain. And that's the worst thing, where your emotions overtake your logic, and you're now no longer able to think clearly and see clearly, and therefore everything becomes tainted, everything becomes warped, and therefore the Chacham has the ability to say, oh, I got a free ride. It must be that's what's in Shem. No, no, no. Think logically. Does the Shem want you to travel from point A to point B? Is the Shem, do you have Parnassah here? Are you happy where you are? So then why are you running? You have, a, you have the ability to stay here, to get married, to be able to have Parnassah, to be able to you know, live the life that you wanted to live. So stay in Warsaw. You don't like living in the little village? That's fine. But don't run after something else. And therefore, taking that as a sign is obviously not, not the proper thing. It's also interesting that uh, it's interesting, but what he, what he continuously does is he doesn't look for other professions within his city. He doesn't look for other professions within Warsaw. Which means he had one profession, he didn't like it. So, okay, so you don't like the profession that you're in. You have the ability to find another, another Parnassah exactly where you are. There's no need to run now to another city. But the first thing he does, and I'll do this again and again, the first thing he does is right away, he says, if the Parnassah that I'm in is not good, it must be that I need to travel. It must be Mishana Maka, Mishana Mazel. I must need to travel from the place that I'm in. And the Chavis Alvavis writes, that a person who has Betachin understands that there is no need to ever travel for Parnassah. That Avada, again, depends on how much Betachin a person has. Maybe there are times when Avada, a person needs a Shadlos because of the Betachin is not as strong. But a person who has real 100% Betachin is able to be maimed, able to believe that the same Rabbanisham that could give me Parnassah in Warsaw can give it to me in the village. The same Rabbanisham that could give me Parnassah in Lagarna can give it to me over here. I don't need to travel anywhere in order to find Parnassah. He brings out a, a fascinating story. He says like this. He says, It's said about one of the Prussian, the people that were real Prussian, the people that were holy people. He became a parash, became somebody who was trying to you know, distance himself from Elam Agashmi, and he traveled to a very far place in order to to be able to find Parnassah, to be able to provide for his family. He meets up with an Oyved Kachavim. He meets up with an Oyved Avayda Zara in this very far place, in the city that he went. The Parish says to him, says, you're, you're a fool. What are you doing? You're sitting here and you're worshipping the stars you're worshiping the moon, you're worshiping the sun, it's idiotic. Obviously the sun doesn't have any power, the moon doesn't have any power, the stars don't have any power. They're just, they are working as agents for the Rabbana Shalala. It's foolish the fact that you're sitting here and worshiping them. So the guy tells him, so he says, okay, I hear. You tell me that the stars don't have any real power and the, the moon and the sun don't have any real power and, the, and the, the wind doesn't have any real power. So fine, so okay, maybe I can hear. What, what do you serve? So the parish tells him, the parish says, yeah, he tells him, Ani? I only serve the Rabban Hashem. The Rabban Hashem takes care of people. The Rabban Hashem is a kol yachol. Nobody can stop the Rabban Hashem. Like the Chavis Salvavis discusses the various things that the Rabban Hashem has the ability to do that nobody else has the ability to do. Nobody else can you rely on, knows what you need and has as much rachimim on you and has the capability to do whatever they want without ever being stopped. So he says, I only rely on the Rabban Hashem that's kol yachol. They can do anything. So I'm like, guys, the guy tells him, says, he says, what you're doing is soysa the words that you're saying. So I'm like a parsh He says, what are you talking about? How is what I'm doing? I'm telling you, I serve the Rabbanishim. I'm, I'm honest about it. Every day of my life, I'm serving the Rabbanishim. I daven him three times a day. I'm involved in Avaydah Hashem. I'm a parish. I'm, I'm the highest level of somebody who's Avaydah Hashem. I'm like, if what you're saying is true, that you serve the Rabbanishim, is kol yachal, could do anything, 
Says the guy to, to this parash, if what you're saying is true, you would have never traveled to this far place to find your parnasa. Because if you really served the Rabbanishim, the Rabbanishim is called Yachal, then you would have believed that your parnasa can come the same way in the city that you're in as in this city. So if you really believe in the Rabbanishim, why do you just slept to the other side of the world to try to find the parnasa? You meet the Yid in China and you say, what are you doing in China? He says, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I, I serve the Rabbanishim and I'm here for parnasa. So the, the guy tells him, if you really want parnasa, the parnasa is back where you are in America. You don't have to step all the way to China. You don't have to step to the other side of the world. Parnasa is where you are. So the parsha says, listen, you're right. What you tell me is 100% true. <laughs> he takes the Musr from the guy, and this itself is a chash of his achter. Nachman talks about also, that a person needs to be able to take Musr from everything that they hear. And if the guy is telling him this, then obviously he understands that it's a message from the guy for the Rabbanisham. He says, you're 100% right. He gets up from the land that he's in, and he goes back home. He never leaves the city after that. He stays in the city and he says, Rabbanishim, if you want to take care of me, right here. He draws a circle around him and says, Rabbanishim, I'm not going anywhere. Right here, within the circle that I'm in, this is the makim that you can provide me with everything that I need. The Chacham doesn't do that. The Chacham doesn't like the job that he's in, which is fine. He doesn't, he doesn't appreciate the job that he's in. He doesn't like the job. The work is too hard. But the necessity to be able to, to, to run from place to place in order to be able to find another job, that's where he goes wrong. If you have betachin, and that's what the Tam does, the Tam is betachin. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the story that the bias represents the bias of Amuna. The house that the Chacham and the Tam were given by their parents are the houses of Amuna, the Amuna that was given over to them for the previous generations. If you believe in the Rabban Islam and you have Amuna in the Rabban Islam, you could remain in the same house that your father gave you with the same Amuna Betachan in the same city, in the same village, and the Rabban will take care of you 100%. There's no need to go running. And the Chacham doesn't believe that. The Chacham believes, he believes it's all up to him, and I need to make sure that I'm the most successful, and if I don't do it, no one's going to do it for me, and ain't mili mili, it's up to me 100%. And if he gets about, if he gets about the end of the Mishnah, and therefore he says, I need to travel from, from this place, from Warsaw, I need to travel to a new place because I need to find a new profession, I need to find something more, more professional, something with a higher amount of, uh, a, a higher salary, and therefore he leaves the place that he's in with a lack of Amun and and he goes and right away travels somewhere else. And therefore he says, Are you going to take me to there? They take him from place A, from point A, from Warsaw, they take him to this other place. From there he goes to Italy. And from there he goes to Spain. So he went to four places so far. He went to Warsaw. He went to this other little village. We shouldn't know exactly where it is. Then he goes to Italy. And then he goes to Spain. Now the, the, the Mepharshim speak out that Spain at this point, in Rahman's life, nobody was, no Yidin were living in Spain. This is after the expulsion of 1492. Therefore, there are no Yidin in Spain. These are countries which at this point are void of any Yiddish guy. But the, and the Chacham is a Yid. But the Chacham is no problem. The Chacham says... Yiddishkeit, no Yiddishkeit, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll find a Chabad house there somewhere. I don't know. The main thing is my parnasa. The main thing is that I need to make as much money as possible. The main thing is I need to become as wealthy and I need to become, I need to become the most respected person possible in the world. And therefore, he gives up on things that are actually valuable. Being around people that are from, being in a from community, being in a from environment, having kosher food, having a shul. He gives up on all of that. Traveling to places like Italy, to places like Spain, to places which, aside from not having a lot of Jews, were known for the, for the tremendous amount of philosophy that they were involved in, for the world of Chachma. Even even in, even in you know by the expulsion, a lot of the Moranos and the, you know the, the those that were alive speak about this in the history books. That a lot of them, a lot of the Moranos, they say that a lot of the, the woman. I forgot one of the one of the Mepharshim bring it down and uh, one of the Mepharshim. I don't, I don't know who it is brings down that that one of the Mepharshim, one of the Mepharshim lived down one of, one of the. Uh, 
don't remember who it was, brings down, he lived at that time, he says that the woman, the woman and the children have the ability to be able to give up their lives in a much, much easier way than the men at the, t- at the time of uh, the Inquisition. He says, because the woman and the children have moon and the Rabbani Shalalam, and therefore they said right away, it's the Rabbani Shalalam, or fire, we're going into the fire. Mesiris Nefesh, Chana Veshiva Banel, Avram, Yishachtin, Yitzchak, they ran straight into the fire without any problem. He said the men were very into philosophy. They were very, very smart. They didn't have the Amun Pshuta, and therefore they worked their ways around. They became Moranos. They claimed they were going to give it up. They didn't want to give it up. They had the money. They weren't willing to give up the money. He said the men were much, much, much more reluctant to give up their lives for the Rabbanu Shalom because they lived in this world of the Chacham. And therefore it's interesting that the places that Rabbi Nachman chose for the Chacham to travel to is this place in Switzerland, according to many, this place in Italy, and then Spain, all places which are very involved in that world of Italy, Spain, these, these, these countries which are very involved in the world of Chachman. Now it's interesting, I don't know, maybe in Switzerland, Switzerland is also what we know, again, I don't think it was like this at Rachman's times, but Swiss banks are considered to be like, that's the most secure place. You can put your money, you put them in Swiss banks, you put them offshore in a Swiss bank account, and then you know that your money's safe. And again, it also that's also the world of the Chacham. The Chacham's always looking where, right now where I am, I can't trust my money to be safe. But if I send it somewhere else, if I put it somewhere else, if I do something else, if I put it in my ishtal, then everything's gonna be okay. And that's his life, his life is, running after the Swiss bank accounts, running after the things that he thinks are gonna give him real, real, you know, betachen, real ability to be able to be reliant on his own money and his own chachma, when ultimately he's gonna end up deep, deep in shaltachtes. None of it's gonna do anything. These are the places that he goes. He goes from place to place to place, constantly on the move, but not on the move because he's looking just for more knowledge, but on the move because he's looking for more covet, more money, more people to respect him, more for him to be able to rise higher and higher. He wants to get all the way, all the way to the top of the world. That's his ultimate goal, to be all the way in the top. Benkach or Benkach, right? All the way to the bottom. Benkach or Benkach, right? Interesting Lashon that he uses. Benkach or Benkach, right? Obviously paraphrasing the Lashon of Chazal. Benkach or Benkach, Banihim. Right? He says Benkach or Benkach, Banihim. Benkach or Benkach, Avrokam Eshanim. Right? In the meantime, uh, I haven't seen a good, you know, good Pshat exactly why he used that Lashon of Benkach or Benkach, but you know, in the meantime, Avrokam Eshanim, many, many years have passed. And again, he's moving from place to place, job to job, constantly running after that thing that he's never gonna, never, never really gonna be able to find. What happens is he doesn't remain complacent with the Chachma that he has, he becomes even more smart. He gets even more Chachma. Not the kind of Chachma that's helpful, not Chachma Satayra, but Chachma Teva, Chachma Sa'ilam, that he learns about more of those things that are in the outside world. The more countries he goes to, the more Chachmas he picks up, and therefore he's able to become smarter, which is gonna be his ultimate, ultimate demise, but he's able to become smarter and pick up many, many more Chachmas. Now he starts to think to himself. So when he was in Warsaw, if you remember, he said, what's the Tachlas of the world? The Tachlas of the world is to get, mar- get married, and to have a parnasa, But he said, I don't want to do that. I want to spend years traveling. I want to go backpacking for a couple of years. I want to get around. I want to be able to see the world. I want to be able to, you know, put more and more under my, you know, under my belt to be able to say that I know more, that I have more money. I want to be able to get more respect in the eyes of people. And therefore he's not ready to settle down up until this point. After many years of running around to Spain and to Italy and all these places and all the jobs that he was into, Yashav Atzmai says, I've been traveling and I've been searching around the world and I've been picking up more and more outside knowledge, knowledge which is not integral to what it means to be a year, knowledge which is not Torah, picking up more and more outside knowledge. Now the Yashav Atzmai, now he sits, Right, Yashav comes and Yashav like Yishav Adas. He starts to think, now that I've ran around the whole world, now that I've seen everything that there is to offer, now maybe it's Kadai to start looking at the Tachlas. What's the purpose? The Hizchel Lachshav, in philosophy, in philosophy, he starts to think with his philosophy, 
And again, that's a very, that's like a curse word, Barb Nachman. The word philosophy is, the, is like a, mamash, a terrible, terrible word, Barb Nachman. The word philosophy is something that Rav Nachman said, really, and at that point, it was mamash destroying people with the Askala. And there's a, an aspect of philosophy which we also deal with, even though we're not dealing with the philosophy of Rav Nachman's times of the Askala. But this Chachma, this Chacham, this kind of philosophy is the, is the, is the Chachma that we struggle with. So he starts to think with his philosophy, what should I do? Because again, he's looking for a job because he's finally looking to settle down. Before he settled down, he was just traveling. He was running and running and running. Just running without a purpose, running just to get away from himself, not running to, but running from. And therefore, he's constantly on this run, constantly you know, running away from something, pursuing something, but not really knowing that he's pursuing. Finally, he decides after many years, it's time to settle down. Now, the first thing he needs to do before he gets married is he needs to get a job. Right, he's been traveling a lot and he picked up a lot of chachma. He's very smart now. He's a very, very intelligent person. He knows a lot about the world. He can speak languages. He's a very cultured person. He's, he knows a lot about various cultures and the way things work. He knows probably a lot about you know, the, the way of teva, the way of nature. He has a tremendous amount of knowledge under his belt, but he hasn't really done anything for his tachlis. He doesn't, still doesn't have a job because he left the previous job that he's in just to travel. He doesn't have a job and he's not married yet. So he, he never really got to what he thinks is the tachlis, which is to get married and have a parnasa. So he decides right now, you know what? I'm going to settle down. I'm going to find a parnasa and get married. It is interesting. I, I don't know exactly the pshat. I'm just thinking this now that when he thought about the tachlis originally, the first thing he said that in the tachlis was to get married. And the second thing was to get a parnasa. Now when he starts to think about the tachlis, it seems like the only thing he's thinking about over here is a job and he doesn't think about getting married at this point. So I don't know why he made that swap. I don't know why he made that switch that originally before he traveled, he thought that it was important to get married and then to have a pranasa. Now he seems to think that it's more important to have pranasa and only afterwards get married. Which again is, it, it, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the, what the machshava is. You find about Betzal, or this week's parsha, you find that the, the, the machlekes, Moshe and Betzal, exactly how to build the mishkan. Do you make the kalim first? And then the Mishkan, the Mishkan, and then the Kalim, right? The way the Rabbanisham, the way Moshe Rabbeinu gave it over to Betzalel, he told him, first you make all the Kalim, and that's where we have it. First you make all the Kalim. Once you make all the Kalim, then you actually build the Mishkan. So Betzalel told him, he said, uh, something doesn't make any sense about that. He says, you don't, build, you don't build the furniture and then build the house. First you build the house, and then you build the furniture, right? That's the natural way to think. And Moshe Rabbeinu told him, you must have been there. Betzalel Kel, you must have been there when the Rabbanisham told it to me, because you're right. The Rabbanisham told it to me the other way. The Rabbanisham really did tell me to first build a Mishkan and then to build a Kalim. And that's why his name is Betzalel, Betzalel Kel. He's in the shadow of Hashem. And therefore, he knew the proper way to do things and didn't do them in the improper way that Moshe Rabbeinu seem, seems to have said it to him. But the Mepharshim explained, uh, this, uh, it's based on Rambam, the Mepharshim explained that th there's two ways of doing things, right? The, the proper way to, that, that people would tell you to do things, the more logical way to do things, is first for a person to get a parnasa, first for a person to be able to say, I have enough money, and only then, once a person has enough money, then they can go ahead and get married. And say, okay, now I have enough money, I can support my wife, I can support kids, I can you know, pay for the chasana, now I have the ability to get married. That was sort of Betzal's way of doing things in a way that was measured, in a way that made sense, in a way that was logical. The first you build a house, once you build a house, then you can bring a wife into the house, then you can actually say, okay, now that I have a parnasa, so the on the Rambam, now that I have a parnasa, now I can say, I can go ahead and bring a wife into the home that I've already built, because I'm, I have a stable home, and a stable job and have the ability to do that. But there was a Maila and Moshe Rabbeinu did as well. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu specifically said it the wrong way as well. Because there is a Maila in the person who is not so caught up in the world of the Chacham. Not so caught up in, let me think that everything makes sense. Let me make sure that I'm able to cross all the T's and 
cross all the T's and dot all the I's. I'm able to make sure that everything in life works out perfectly before I get married. That I don't have to have exactly enough money before I have the next kid and before I get married and before I figure out every step in my life. There is a myla and be able to do things in a way that may not make 100% sense. And the way we're, and that's the way most of us do it, is that we get married, especially if you're learning in yeshiva, at the time that you're getting married, you're getting married and you know, the girl asks you, the shatchan asks you, the mother-in-law asks you, you know, what's your plan? And uh, you know, most guys will stumble over something and they say, I don't know, three to five years. I don't know what three to five years means, but three, I'm gonna learn for three to five years. And then what are you gonna do? I don't know, whatever. Maybe Amazon, I don't know. The nursing homes, I'll do, uh, I don't know, something. Something in, in, in one of the Jewish industries. So you're getting married, and you're taking responsibility, and you're signing a ksuba, right? You're making a kid on the ksuba that you're gonna, you're gonna take care of your wife 100%. You don't have a plan, right? So it, it's backwards. It's the way Moshe Rabbeinu said to do it. First, you're making the Caleb. First is the marriage, you and your wife, and then you're building the home around you. Then you finally get to build a home around you. So there is a mila in doing things the way. There is a mila in not everything needs to make sense before a person goes ahead and works their way, works their way through life. And you see this very, very often. There, there are times when people are trying to build something. It can be an organization, it could be a shul, it could be something in their own personal lives. And there are the kind of people that they won't do anything until everything works out. They take a pen and a paper and they'll have the Excel sheets and everything needs to make sense. Everything needs to work out before they can say, okay, now I'm able to move on to step, to step B. And often those people don't have the ability to actually get from point A to point B because they're so stuck in making sure that point A is perfect that they never actually get to point B. And the other people that say, listen, I, I can spend my whole life figuring out how every little detail is gonna make sense. I, I can, or I can just go ahead and do the things that are no more important and everything else will end up falling into place somehow. And that's the way for a person has betachan and the Rabbani Shalom, that's the way Moshe Rabbeinu said originally two things is, don't, don't worry so much about the structure. Don't worry so much about that everything needs to be perfect. Just build it. Right? Just build a kalim, and yeah, it doesn't make sense, and it's backwards, and it's not the exact way things should do, but you can do things backwards also sometimes. If a person's going with passion, a person's doing things with, with a tremendous chuka, things don't have to be worked out 100% before you do things. Doing that can cool down the fire. Just go ahead and build a, build a kalim for the mishkan. You figure out all the practical details afterwards, right? Like, like, the, like the chacham doesn't do, which is get married first, and then you figure out exactly all the details. If I'm gonna support your wife, and everything's gonna work out, have the kid, and then you figure out exactly what the plan is. Don't be so caught up in the world of the chacham who says, even though originally when he said, again, so I'm just thinking now, even though originally when he said it, he said it that he understood that the goal was marriage and then parnasa. now that he's already spent so many years circling the world and he's become a chacham more, he's become more of a chacham, now he starts to say, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. I should get married and then I should find the parnasa. but how do I know I'm gonna be able to take care of my wife? So if you have betachan, if you're lying there, if you know that that's the tachlis, is to get married and ben shemaneser lechuppa, and you have to get married and it, the details work themselves out. So fine, I don't know. I don't have an exact plan. Let, let me go ahead because if I'm going to spend my whole life trying to figure out a plan, then maybe I'm never going to be able to get to, to, to step B. But if you can just say, I want to go ahead, I want to do it. I want to work on it. I want to figure it out. So I don't know everything. So that a person is able to have atzlach. I was talking to somebody recently, somebody who built a shul in a neighborhood. I don't mind in a neighborhood further. Further out, so he said, you know, there's there's two types of two types of ways that people come into a neighborhood, especially in Tom's River and Jackson, where you can't do legal shoes. Some of them are, they spend, you know, they spend, you know. I know a guy who spent a few years already working on working on a legal shul and working out all the details and getting the permits and the thing. And it's a few years, it's a few years already down the line. He still doesn't have the shul because everything has to make sense and everything has to work itself out and everything has to be exactly in a way that it makes sense. And I have to figure out the is a woman's section, the men's section. Everything has to make so much sense, and because it needs to make so much sense. It never ended up happening. And there's other people that come in, especially if they have, a, they have, a, they have as much more like this. They come in, they put up the mikvah, they put up the shul, they put up the Ezra's Nashen, they put up the kiddush room. Does it make sense? I don't know. Is, are they gonna get fined? Maybe. Is it gonna work itself out? Maybe, maybe not. But, but they just say, okay, let's be like my Shiravenu. 
Let's just build the kalim and the walls will come afterwards. And we'll figure out the exact details afterwards. And that's the world that the Chacham's not doing. The Chacham's saying, no, no, no. I, I thought that the Tachlis was just get married and the Parnassah is only a means to be able to take care of my wife. He says, no, no, no. First, I need to, first I need to make a Parnassah. Once I make the Parnassah, then I have the ability to get married. Again, maybe I just want to thinking as, as we're reading through this. This is my side. I said over by my, my Sudas Prader when I left the Rebbe says, Kyle, uh, a few years ago right now. Seven, eight years ago. When I left the Kaila, I said of our Misa that I heard from a friend of mine. I, I never heard the recording of, of the actual, uh, this actual Misa, but he told me that Shlomo Kalbach one time, one time came into a play concert. And Kadarka Bakaida, she came very, very late to the concert. He would show up, um, you know, two, three, four hours late to the concert. The place was waiting, the place is packed, everyone's waiting, and he would walk in. So normally, if you walk in late to a concert, so what you do is you immediately make a beeline for the stage and you get up, and everyone's waiting for you. Shlomo Kalbach didn't make a beeline for the stage when he came into a concert. He walked in and he worked his way from, through the crowd from the back all the way up to the front. And that process itself could take 45 minutes, an hour at least, just schmoozing with people, talking to people, and every guy's pouring the heart out to him and he's sitting there and he's listening. I'll never, I'll never tell anyone he has to go. And it's a very, very slow process. He finally makes it up to the stage, the place that has been waiting ready for a few hours, and he takes out the guitar. And the guitar is terribly, terribly off tune. He try, he tr- he's trying to play it and it's terribly off tune. And he tries it again, he tries, he's trying to tune it a little bit here or there, nothing's working, you know, this is the days before they had tuner apps on a, on a person's phone, and before they had electric tuners, and he's trying to tune it, nothing's working, and he tries again, like three, four minutes, and finally he just starts playing a nigan, I think it's he starts playing, he starts playing a nigan, and the, and the guitar is still terribly off tune. So after he plays the nigan, he says, he says, Chavi, you're probably wondering why I just started playing the nigan, like I could have waited, somebody could have gotten a guitar from the house, and somebody could have figured it out, could have got another guitar, a backup guitar, he said there are certain Yidin who spend their whole life tuning their guitars and they never get a chance to play. He said, I don't want to be that kind of Yid. I want to be a Yid who's going to play my guitar even if it's not 100% in tune. That's what he said. It's such a muridic lesson. This is a lesson that the Chacham doesn't know. Chacham says, I'm not going to play my guitar. I'm not going to get married until everything works itself out. So I need to find a Parnassah. And, and we'll see. He spent so long trying to find another Parnassah. He doesn't just find one Parnassah to make enough money because he finds one Parnassah. What's he, what's he going to be nervous about? That maybe the Parnassah that I'm in, maybe the industry is going to crash. So I'm in a good industry and things are going well, but how do I know that it's going to last? How do I know that people are still going to always want to buy gold and want to buy diamonds, which is going to be the next industry and eventually becomes a doctor? Even the industry that isn't is not good enough. Why? Because everything needs to work itself out perfectly. I have to have my life look like a graph paper where everything fits into a specific box. And then I try to see, okay, now where does my wife fit in? Does she fit in? I don't know. Hopefully I can create enough space within my you know, very, very organized life to be able to fit a wife into it. And I have to figure out how much money she's going to need. And right away from day one, I say, listen, this is the allowance. I already made it before I met you. I already know what your allowance is going to be for the week. This is how much money you're going to get. And this is what we can afford. And this is when we're going to go on vacation. That's the world of the Chacham. Everything needs to work itself out. The guitar needs to be perfectly tuned. Otherwise, I'm not playing a nigan. And, and Shlomo Kalach was saying, again, this is the opposite of the Chacham is, don't worry so much. Right? Again, obviously, you have to be responsible to a certain extent, but the Chacham is too responsible. The Chacham is somebody who everything needs to be so smart and so worked out and so perfect that he doesn't have the ability to actually live life. Well, Tom, we'll see. Once we get to it, we're not going to get to it this week. We'll get to it maybe in a few weeks. But once we get to the time, we get back to the time, we'll see that things in his life weren't perfect. And he didn't know how to make shoes in the best way possible. And he wasn't the best shoemaker. And he could have told himself, before I become a shoemaker, I need to go to, I need to, go to a shoemaking, shoemaker school. I need to spend time. And I need to learn as an apprentice by other shoemakers and figure out what to do better and better. He doesn't do that. He says, am I making enough money to be able to provide for my family? So good. So is it perfect? No, the shoes that he makes were not perfect. They were, they were beaten up shoes. And he sold them for he sold them at a discount because people don't like the shoes so much. But he told his wife, and his wife starts badgering him about the fact that his shoes are, he says, but I'm making a parnasa. I'm making enough money. So is it perfect? It's not perfect. But at the end of the day, I'm taking care of everything I need to take care of. And again, perhaps, just I'm thinking now, that that's, that's why he switches. The original way he does it is Lisa Isha, as Lashon is, 
Um, what's the tachas? The tachas is Abishvil Atachas Lisa Isha Ulis Parnas. Originally, when the Chacham says, What's the tachas of the world? This is to get married, Ulis Parnas. And then to find a Parnas, the Parnas is just there as a means to an end in order to provide for a family. Now, ready, once he's ready to travel the world, once he's become a big Chacham, now he says, No, no, no. The Parnasa now needs to come first. Now I need to cross all the T's, dot all the I's. Everything needs to work itself out. Only once I do that, then he has the ability to get married, and we're going to see that. It's only going to make him more and more miserable because as the smarter he gets and the greater his job becomes and the more money he has, the less he's capable of getting married because now he thinks of himself as God's gift to humanity. If he would have got married at the beginning, before he traveled the world, before he thought that he was, he was something you know, to, to write home about, before he thought that he was the greatest person that ever, that ever existed, he could have got married to, to a girl and it would have been fine and he would have figured itself out and he would have made the Kalim before the Mishkan and things would have worked himself out. But because he traveled so much already and then he's going to become a, somebody who's refining gold and then he's going to become a, a, a stone cutter, somebody who's cutting diamonds and then he's going to become somebody who's a doctor, which is considered a very hush of a profession. Now already, who's he going to get married to? He's the guy who's making you know, a few hundred K a year. He can't marry him, but no one's good enough for him. I had a friend, he's, he's still single, but I remember he told me years, years ago, probably at least 15 years ago, he, was, he, was, he had already been dating for a little bit, and I haven't heard from him in a while, I'm pretty sure he's still single, but I, I was actually him about dating, it was before I was even in Shidduchim, and he said, I, I said, you know, like, you know, what story, like, it's taking, you know, it's taking a few years, he said, listen, he said, I know what I bring to the table, he said, I know I'm, I'm good looking, I know I have a good, great personality, I know I have a good job, so I know what I'm bringing to the table, I'm not willing to settle for anything other than, you know, Aleph, Aleph plus, I'm not willing to settle for anything other than that. And therefore, I, I don't mind. He said, I, I have all the time in the world. I don't mind. I can wait. I, I don't mind waiting. I don't mind finding. But I'm finding Miss Perfect. He said, that's what I'm looking to do. Now, like I said, he's still single because, because when you get too smart for yourself and you become too much of a chacham and you travel too much around the world and it doesn't have to be physically traveling, but you travel too much in this world of chachma, so then you lose your ability to be able to find somebody to be able to be compatible with you because you start to think of yourself as God's gift to humanity and then it's going to become very, very difficult for him to get married. And therefore, before he does all these parnasas, the first thing he should have done is get married. When you get married and together with your wife, you become, a, you become somebody who's cutting diamonds, somebody who's involved in this avoid of gold, you know, refining gold, somebody's... Okay, then you can figure itself out and your wife will always be there to balance you out to make sure they don't become too big of a balgaiva. Wives are very good at that. Children are very good at that to make sure that you stay humble, able to know your real place in society, know your real place. But he doesn't do that. Right away he thinks, no, 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 first I gotta find a job. I gotta make sure that I have not just a job, I have a job that's gonna keep me going all the way. He wants to be able to pay off his children's chasanas before he gets married. He wants to be able to say that he has a savings, you know, account for every one of his children before he gets married. And that's not the way. The way of the time is just get married, settle down, Work, things will work itself out. You don't have to have everything in your life worked out before you move on to marriage, before you move on to the next step. Just take the leap, take the leap of faith, play the guitar, even if it's not perfectly tuned. And uh, again, I'm just we'll continue next week with, uh, with what happens to him. Got a little off track, but we'll continue next week with uh, what happens to him as he travels and the various jobs that he finds along his journey. Okay, so.